You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is Malia, your host as usual, and today we have our full staff here, so that's kind of fun. That doesn't always happen. Hi. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Uh, how's everybody doing well, today? I just want to acknowledge that David sounded super excited. He did sound super, super excited. excited. Uh, I am. Can't barely contain it. <laughs> Let's get this going. Uh, did you guys enjoy the nice weather this weekend? Wasn't that nice? Yeah. It was Sunday was ridiculous. That yeah. was really good. Yeah. yeah. 60 degrees, sunshiny. Um, and I have this weird satisfaction that next to my fence in uh, the sidewalk going into my house, there was this little bit of snow that was like shaded so it would not melt and it finally went away. And yes. I don't know why that makes me, it's like, oh yeah, it's yes. gone. Like my driveway is now completely <laughs> no. clear of snow. Yay. Uh, so that was a yeah. thing. Oh, nice. Well, and then we had our volunteer appreciation night on Sunday night. Yeah, that mm -hmm. went really, really well. I'm just, thanks everybody that came and uh, Tim did a really awesome job uh, with, with the food and it was just really good. Yeah, it was a good night. It was stressful because I have to share because I have to. I kept bringing the ice cream out, and then people kept talking, <laughs> and it was melting. So then we had to go put it yeah. back away, and then we brought it out again, yeah. and then it melted, and we had to go so put it back away. Scoop off the melted part. Yeah, so we, we kept having this yeah. frustration of like, oh, it's we're almost yeah. done. Okay, give me the ice cream. It was a struggle. It's right. like, oh. So yeah, and you, Shauna gave me like, grief for talking too long, and then she pulls I out knew, her notebook. Listen, I knew it was going to be a while. <laughs> so we yeah. were having some frustration trying to time that. But, but I want to be clear. Your frustration this time was with Shauna, not with me. It's no, I was, I was frustrated the first half, too, when it was melting all over. But, but That's the best part. Like, I like when it's a little melty. Yeah. Like, I was the kid that always, like, stirred it stirred up to it make around. a shake. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. You, Carrie does that. Yeah, I mean, it's better that way. I don't know if that's yeah. fair for me to say. Is that like telling a secret? But yeah, she no. eats ice cream and she. I feel like her and I are like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're right on par with yeah. each other. There you go. Um, so Hebrews, guys, we are smack dab and are we in the middle of our series now? Uh, getting well, close. It's, it's a ten-week series, and we okay. just finished week four. Yes, yeah, so we are right in there. So and David will get us to the halfway point this week. Awesome, awesome. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I was sharing this morning at our staff meeting that. Um, Hebrews is a book that I don't feel like I'm super familiar with, so um, I've enjoyed spending time in the text and asking a million questions of Matt and David, um, so this is going to be fun for me because we'll get to dive into some of those questions. So I hope that um, you guys have been doing the same, following along with that reading plan, and, and if not, it's not too late to jump in and do that. The chapters are not long. Um, and then, you know, make some notes. If you have questions, send us an email or stop Matt or David. Um, we definitely want to hear those. So let's dive in. We're going to kind of cover the last two weeks, uh, the last two Sundays. So we're going to be in chapters, what, three, four, and five, three, basically? Yeah, three, four, and into five a little bit. Yep. David, I think you pick up in five yes. okay. this week also. Yes. Perfect, perfect. So Matt, do you want to get us started? Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, the, the interesting thing about chapter three is, and I, I, we talked about this Sunday, right? But this really does follow kind of a progression. Like the author knows what he's doing as he, 
as he lays this out, you know, it's like Jesus is, is the better prophet, right? And then Jesus is, is able because he's fully God, fully man. David talked about that in week two to, to restore what we've lost. And I love that imagery, like just this, it's not just, hey, we get to go to heaven, but, but no, no, this is about this complete and total restoration of, of what we've squandered. Um, and then in week three, it's like, so because of all that, hey, we should believe and, and we can trust him um, when we believe in him because he's our good and faithful high priest. And so it just kind of tracks this, this whole thing. And, and I think it's going to continue even this next week. But, but chapter three, you know, starts off with just this, hey, therefore, um, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling. And this is the, this is the, the command. Fix your thoughts on Jesus whom we acknowledge as our apostle and, and high priest. Okay, we're done. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's it's this, it, that's It sounds the, so simple, doesn't it? Right, but I mean, I think that's, that's this command. It's like, hey, fix your eyes on Jesus. Uh, and he's going to tell us that again in chapter 12 um, as the author and, and, and sure. perfecter of faith. But, but it's, this, it's this constant thread that's, that's woven throughout the, the letter um, um, Hebrews that, because Jesus is who he is, that we should fix our eyes on him and, and make him our goal, right? And I think that's where we get so off. And that's why I really enjoyed and hated at the same time week three of this series where we just talked about not hardening your heart and just believing before it's too late. And, and because, because the command is always, so because of who Jesus is, put your eyes on him. Don't look elsewhere. Stop wavering. Stop being wishy-washy and just fix your eyes on Jesus. And it, it, it does. It sounds so simple and it should be so simple, but it's, it's difficult. Um, so we kind of briefly talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, but one of the things that uh, jumped out to me when I was reading through the text was uh, chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, and I guess in my mind, like, I don't feel like I've read that, like the Spirit talking or mm -hmm. saying something a lot in Scripture, and so, but I don't know if that's a true statement or a false statement, so um, I don't know. I'm hoping that other people maybe picked up on that, too, so could you maybe shed some light there with that? Uh, yeah, hey, so listen, I mean, all of the Bible is inspired by the sure. Holy Spirit, so in a sense... All of this is the Holy Spirit says. Right. But um, there's a difference, right? The Holy Spirit says, using human authors, human voices, uh, the Holy Spirit directs, doesn't manipulate or control. So it's, if I were a biblical author, I'm not, but, but if I were a biblical <laughs> author, it would be my voice, my cadence of speech, my mm -hmm. um, euphemisms, my um, whatever, like my personality would come through in the writing, but it would be directed and guided and inspired by the Holy Spirit so that what you read is what God wants you to read. Sure. Um, so the whole of scripture is like that. Right. Right. But in this instance, this is the author saying, hey, here, look, this isn't me. This is directly right. the Holy yeah. Spirit saying today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as mm -hmm. you did in the rebellion. This is, this is, it, it almost takes on, not that any part of scripture can be more important than other parts. Right. But the author is, is like, basically saying, yeah. like, hey, this is what God is wanting you to know mm -hmm. right now. So clearly mm -hmm. that you should stop hardening your hearts and you should respond to him while you still can. 
Um, and so there's, there's really a lot of, uh, of emphasis mm -hmm. on that when you read, like, hey, the Holy Spirit says, mm -hmm. uh, because other times you read as the scriptures say. Mm -hmm. And in a way, that's as the Holy Spirit says, but, but this is... Yeah, um, I just, I figure whenever the language is different like that, there's yeah. usually a reason, so... Right. Well, and if you <coughs> skip ahead, that, that's, how, that's how that chunk ends. Skip all the way ahead to verse 12 in chapter 4. Okay. Because that's, that's that, that same thought. From, from 3 all the way through to chapter 4, um, in and, and verse 12, for the word of God is yeah. alive and active, mm -hmm. sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates mm -hmm. even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And so when the Holy Spirit says, hey, don't harden your hearts like you did in the rebellion, there's part of that that we read, and the way that we, as Christians today, need to respond to that, to the Holy Spirit saying, hey, don't harden your heart, is when we spend time in this word that's living and active, and we know, we know when we read it where the gaps are in our life. And, and it divides, and, and to the one we must give account, and all of this is true, and so therefore, we're kind of stuck with this, we better respond while it's still today. Sorry, I was reading. <laughs> it's just like I go back and forth between ESV and NIV because sometimes the ESV is harder, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. to understand. And so sometimes the NIV sheds a little more light on something for me because it says it in a different way. Yep. Well, that's the, that's the key with Bible translations, yeah. right? Like some of them are a yeah. little bit more common language. Sure. Some of them are a little bit more um, highfalutin and fancy. And Malia, <laughs> in case you didn't know this, you're fancy. You're fancy. <laughs> Not fancy. <laughs> uh, now I have that song in my head. What's fancy that? don't let. Is, what is, it? is that Reba McIntyre? Yeah. I don't yeah. even they know do what not. you're saying right now. He's not a country guy. Yeah, no. I'm not either, but I because feel like. Because mama's going to move you uptown. I'm a child of the <laughs> what? 80s. Right. What? In a small town. What's so happening? I feel like I have no. to know. Oh, I got to oh. go listen to some YouTube when we're done. <laughs> I had a friend that liked that song, too, so I don't know. Maybe that's, huh. I don't know. <laughs> David, so you, is it hard? Like, I'm curious. So, like, the weeks that you aren't preaching, you know, coming from the background where you were preaching every week, is it is it hard sometimes? Like, do you feel like you have to sit on your hands, like, because there are things you want to add or, or, or speak to when we're going through stuff like this? First, I just appreciate the assumption that I am paying attention. <laughs> I appreciate that. It means a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, I respect you. You know, I know you are a holy man of God. Right, and like, so I know you are hanging on every, every word. Every word. <laughs> um, services. Is, is it hard? It's not necessarily hard. It's, uh, there, there are weeks where Matt will start and I'm, I'll sit there kind of like, where is he going? <laughs> like, you know, not that it's like off base, but I would approach it from maybe a different sure. from that different. Which is angle. why it's so yeah. cool we have um, two pastors. Because yeah, we don't yeah. ever really talk anything about kind of what we're gonna do, other than you know we know we're at the but we don't yeah. sit there a lot of times and yeah, it's it's uh, it's rare. There's times when I've said to you like, hey, help me process yeah, well, through, yeah, but never like how how do I want to get this point across or this? But sure. yes, yeah, so we don't necessarily go over an outline. Yeah, no. Um, no, it's not hard. What it what it is is uh, a, a lot of times in preaching, I I am paying attention, 
but, <laughs> so just take note, anybody ever thinks I'm not, I am. But at the same time. But he's time, doing it with his eyes closed. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I am paying attention, but at the same time I'm not because something that's said has kind of put me on my own little rabbit trail mm -hmm. of, yeah. of looking at stuff. Sure. Um, oh, so, I know. I do that, too, uh, when I'm listening. I'm constantly like, ooh. Yeah. So, like, case in point, I mean, just even now, while we were, Matt, you know, Matt was talking, and you asked the question about the Holy Spirit, uh, I, I was out of Hebrews looking at other stuff, and, and so this isn't even a Hebrews thought, but I'll put it out there, because what yeah, I was thinking about was um, how we, as Christians, do a a disservice that we neglect the Holy Spirit, meaning, um, I've, I've wrestled with this before, I mean, how many people, when you pray, do you even reference the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Like, you think about this, like, when we start praying, we're like, yeah. well, dear Jesus, or Father, like, mm -hmm. how often do people, I mean, he's the third person of the yeah. Trinity. We have he's, the exact same conversation at youth group. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, yeah. and so that's where I was thinking about that, is because mm -hmm. sometimes I wonder the confusion in we don't know what the Holy Spirit's role is a right. lot of times. So when we're praying, yeah. we're praying like, dear Jesus. And Jesus is like, don't talk to me. That's, that's the Holy Spirit's job. Like, yeah. talk to him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what he's been laid out to do. So like, is it, so I, that's where my brain was at while sure. you guys yeah. were answering that question yeah. was the Holy Spirit speaks, but how often do we neglect even, you know, like, hey, I'm going to pray to the Holy Spirit right now. Like, you're, mm -hmm. You're the one I'm going to talk to because this is your role in the Godhead that you've been mm -hmm. ordained to do. Mm -hmm. and so There is yeah. a great book, uh, Francis Chan, called The Forgotten God. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah. That, is, that, that addresses, and it's very readable. I don't readable. think I've read that one. Uh, it's on my shelf. I'm kind of surprised. That, book. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I've got like oh 20 books on my it's shelf. All, you know what? Now. Okay, here, here's <laughs> I also have. I also have the audio book. Okay. Like on oh. CD. Okay. If you want to listen okay. to it. If is you it still one have that I'm going to want to like underline and of mark stuff up yeah. though? Yeah. So maybe, yeah, okay. Uh, but, but this is, it is, we did a small group a few years ago, Rob Cromer and I, um, on the Forgotten God um, book. Shout out to Rob. Um, digging into the Holy Spirit. And it was. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was <laughs> either. <laughs> I feel like you David's should. David's raising the roof over the there. Roof. She's I getting ready for March Madness. If people could see. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, so don't it, God. It's just a really, it's a really good treatment, and it's balanced and it's fair, right? Because most people, you know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're either scared of the Holy Spirit, like we just don't know enough, sure. or or there are some folks who tend to go to extremes, um, and and um, and so this is a, it's a nice, fair treatment. This really understanding of of, of who God is in, in the Holy Spirit and what that. Um, third person of the Trinity is like and, and um, power and majesty and all of that. It's it's really worth a read. Oh yeah, I'll have um, to make and sure. And worth I... just a theological deep dive into that. Okay. Um, I don't know where you want to go next. Wherever you want to lead us. I mean, my <laughs> other question. <laughs> I'm just like going through like what are my questions and being selfish here. Um, so in chapter four. Mm -hmm. Um, the author talks a lot about rest. Yeah. Um, are we talking, like, I know it does say Sabbath rest somewhere here, too. I mean, is that, is that what we're talking about here, or can we break that down a little bit? What are yeah, we? yeah, I really think you can break it apart, because I think, um, you know, the context where it starts with it back in, in three, right? Because the, the whole rest starts with the land. 
um, which is, you know, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Right. Um, and, and then you get to the end of that. So I declared, because they kept hardening their hearts, so I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Right. And so rest, in, in this sense, has to do with the promise of God. For them, it was the promised land. Okay. Right? They, sure. they were wanderers in the wilderness. They were enslaved in Egypt. It, the rest had been promised and to Abraham. And how quickly they forget. Right. And <laughs> Let's the, go back to slavery. Yeah, guys. that was better, right? But, <laughs> but, but they, they had been promised through Abraham that there would be this land that would be their rest. And, and that they should be, at some point in time, they would enter it. And so this was, this was the hope that they had was this rest. Um, and so in that sense, it's not necessarily talking about a Sabbath rest okay. as much as it's talking about entering into God's rest. Okay. And I think the caution in, in three, in that chunk that's talking about entering the land, is for us or for the audience that, that the author was writing to was, was don't harden your hearts. They missed out on the physical rest because that was always a physical, like the, the old covenants, this f- physical representation of, of, of this. Um, the new covenant kind of enters us into this. We experience it spiritually. It's like they missed out on the rest because they rebelled and they hardened their hearts. So, so you don't rebel and harden your heart because when you rebel and harden your heart, you're going to miss out on the rest that God provides, which for us is, is this eternal relationship with him. It's this freedom, the rest of freedom from sin, uh, freedom of bondage, the thing that, that chains and holds us back. And so I would look at that as, as being in that context, especially in three with the land, being salvific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's about salvation. And, and okay. I think, you know, Israel couldn't enter God's rest because they rebelled and they wouldn't, they wouldn't bend the knee, if you will, um, to, to the God of the universe. Uh, you know, you talked about that in week uh, three of the series or whatever it was, week two. You know, just this idea that everybody's going to bend their knee to God. It's just a matter of do you do it voluntarily or are you doing it because you have no options left? Mm-hmm. And, and Israel wouldn't, and so they couldn't enter his rest. We have to decide, are we going to submit to Jesus or not? Mm-hmm. And if we don't, then I, I mean, we lose out on the rest. But then you get into this idea of Sabbath rest. And I think for Christians, it goes even deeper Mm -hmm. because as Christians, there still are some areas that we struggle to let go of. And when we struggle to let go of sin and we say no to God and we hold on to sin, then we miss Sabbath rest in him. And, 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 there, and then there we're missing out on this, on the joy and the rest and the peace of this relationship with God because we're, we're continually putting things in between us, um, you're liking it to, to a, a marriage relationship to a degree, right? You're married, but if you keep picking fights and you keep doing things that, that you know irritate your spouse or whatever, like, like you're still married, um, but, but it's not restful. It's not peaceful. You're not, you're not getting the full benefit of the relationship. And I think, you know, sometimes that's with Christians who even as Christians still hold on to sin or engage in things they know better mm-hmm. and it's not that they necessarily are, are are not christians right or maybe hold on to things in the past yeah yeah just won't let go they yeah. they, they they know what god says because right. his word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and mm-hmm. and they know what he says but they kind of refuse to submit to it and and then that robs us of our rest in christ mm-hmm. and and that's a that's a 
bad place to be because when that happens, then we get Christians who, who are always burnt out. Mm-hmm. They're always bitter. Christians that get irritated easily. People tend to, you know, they associate that feeling with God, right? Sure. And, and this feeling of, I, I, I'm not at peace. I'm not, this isn't right. I don't feel like this is doing anything for me. I feel like this is bad. Like, like, and it's because of these things that are between God and I, um, but we kind of lose sight of the fact that it's because of some things I'm doing or not doing, and, and it just becomes about, well, faith is hard, and so yeah, I'm going to keep, I'm gonna keep it at, at <laughs> arm's length and, uh-huh. and not engage, and that's a dangerous place to be, too. Sure, yeah. David, did you have any thoughts on um, chapter four at all? Sorry, kind of choking there. Um, not necessarily, well, somewhat four. As I was kind of looking through uh, three and four, some of the thoughts that um, was going through my mind in the weeks that we were covering this and just even reflecting uh, this morning is I agree with Matt that this is, you know, definitely about salvation. Um, but then I, I think, so we're all on the same page, at least how I interpret this is, um, salvation isn't just the initial act of forgiveness, right? Like salvation is this bigger, bigger thing than that. And I think that's laid out here when I read through three and four, I, because you got to remember, uh, everything that happened with Israel as Matt already, uh, you know, alluded to is, um, it's a foreshadowing of spiritual things. So I, I think a lot of people have experienced salvation in the first step of Israel, and that was freeing from Egypt, right? That was the first, that's, that's the moment of like being set free, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that's where most people kind of rest with this idea of salvation. It's like, oh yeah, I've, I've been forgiven, I've been set free, like this idea. But then the next thing is, is God then sends them through this journey. And, and it wasn't just the 40 years, even before that they were journeying. They're free, and now they're journeying. So there was the Red Sea kind of, so I always kind of envision leaving Egypt and the Red Sea as the initial moment of salvation. Right, that's that. You you have been broken free from your bondage. You are mm-hmm. now free. But then the Israelites went on a trek to <laughs> the mountain, mm-hmm. and they spent time even before the forty year issue. There oh. was this th- this time at the mountain. There was this time at, at stuff. Which then, that would be the process, the part of salvation that we would, we would call um, sanctification. Mm, yeah. Right. There's this this you are you are saved. Um, and part of your salvation is sanctification, and that's where I think in three, that's where it's talking a lot about don't harden your hearts as you did in the wilderness and the right. desert. Like this idea of, hey, I, I, I'm free, now it's my life to do whatever I want with versus I've, I've been free and now I'm not going to harden my heart to the transforming of God, the giving of the law. You know, because again, we are not free from the law in the sense of, you know, the same way, but we are under the law of Christ. It's that idea of sanctification. It's that idea of growing in your salvation and all those things. But then in four, talking about the Sabbath, re- Sabbath rest, I, I'm not <clears throat> going to say like hardcore this is what the author was talking about. But then when he starts talking about um, there's still this day that remains, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that to me then is the part of our salvation which we would call glorification, right? So you have your, your justification. I have been set free. I'm, I'm, I'm out of bondage. I'm sanctified in my salvation through yielding to Christ and, mm-hmm. and not hardening my heart. And, and coming under the law of Christ and becoming who I'm called to be. But then there's this day of rest of glorification where I'm going to enter into a day of rest when it's all done, mm-hmm. right? And glorification is the day of my salvation where it is experienced in its fullness, 
in the sense where I am in the presence of Christ. I yeah. am received into eternal glory. And, and, and so when I look at three and four, I see that entirety of, of mapping it back. So, so when, you know, Matt was talking about the rest of the physical rest of taking the land, to me, that's the glorification foreshadowing. It's like if you would have stayed true and, and done what you were called to do, there would have been this moment of like, it's done, right? We have the land. We are at peace. It is ours. Mm-hmm. But they didn't stay faithful to the end. Right. So there was they, they, Turns they out missed that's, out. It's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and, and you know, what's you know, what's 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 interesting about that, too, is is it, uh, you know, you'll notice that in re- in turning them away from his rest. Right. God doesn't send them back to bondage in Egypt. Right. Like, like you know, he doesn't go all the way of saying, you know what? Fine. Yeah. You know what? That's why I'm, I'm as putting, a parent. That's why I'd be like, fine. <laughs> you like it so much there. See ya. Right. Like you, you think it's fun at your grandma's house? One night, I lived there for years. No. Um, wait, no, never mind. That was, we got off track. But, but yeah, it's this idea. Yeah, he didn't send them back to full bondage. Real quick, both of my right. kids' grandmothers go to this church. They might hear this. You guys are awesome. <laughs> They're amazing. My children would love. To, anyways. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> But, but it's, yeah, he didn't send them back to, to slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, they, they were not allowed to enter, mm-hmm. enter the land. And so there is this, this thing where as Christians, you know, it, it doesn't mean, like, there are so many Christians that are still in bondage. And I think that gets so confusing for us because, you know, on one hand, you know, people can start to feel like, am I really a Christian? Right. You know, because I'm still in bondage. And, you know, I mean, we're... It's not up to us to judge whether people are, are followers of Christ or are not followers of Christ. You just have to answer the question for yourself. Like, am I trusting Jesus and am I committed to trying to follow him? Mm-hmm. But following him is hard. Yeah. And there are a lot of Christians that live in bondage. And part of how that happens is we harden our hearts. Mm-hmm. We say no when we know we should say yes. And, and I think that's, that's just this, that, that whole thing um, in, in that text for, for stop hardening your heart like don't while it's still today just answer and, and it's just this it, it's a heartfelt plea mm-hmm. right I mean it's not it's not demonstrative and it's not meant to be scary and it's not meant to be threatening as much as it's I, I, it's, I feel like it's just this this just pouring out of a heart from the author that says look you still can mm-hmm. there's still time like your life can be better Mm-hmm. You can be free from this thing that you're carrying around with you. You shouldn't have to do it. You know, I feel like I have that conversation with people a lot. You know, as they come in for counseling or they just want to talk about different things or have prayer for something. It's, you're carrying something that you don't have yeah. to carry. You know, and, and it sounds great to be like, oh, okay, I'll let it go then. It's not that easy. No. You know, especially sin that, you know, maybe from before you were a Christian too or, or, or not. But, I mean, I'm thinking specifically for myself from sin that has followed me into my Christian life that is still a part of, you know, you still have the, yeah. the consequences and the outcomes of that. And wrestling with that, too, is, is that's hard because it's right there. It's, you know, it's not something that's just, oh, it's out of sight, out of mind. Well, So it's a, I, it's a wrestle. And I think we get confused. Um, you know, and I know this, this is probably a hard one to teach to kids. You know, when you get to junior high, high school age, um, but, but this idea that, like, because you are forgiven does not mean you're freed from the consequences right. exactly. 
of your actions and your sin. Mm -hmm. like, like you are free from the eternal consequences sure. and, mm -hmm. and you are made right with Jesus and he forgives mm -hmm. the shame and the condemnation, but you know what? Right. Mm -hmm. You still that's have still to walk through yeah. that thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah. that's still and bites sin, you. Sin always affects other people. It yeah. never just affects you, yeah. like mm -hmm. no matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so I feel like we're kind of getting off a little bit here. Um, I felt like we were right smack. Really good stuff. I, I like, felt like I we were right know. smack dab in the middle of the I heart don't know of Hebrews. I, I don't know. You're, like, you're not on her time um, schedule. Or I don't. She's got more questions. Yeah, like, yeah. She's like, excuse me. I don't know if we have time to open this one up, but I feel like we kind of need to uh, talk a little bit about Melchizedek because that's something that I'm like, okay, uh, that's always been something that's confusing to me yeah. and hard to wrap my head around and stuff. And so can we go there a little bit? You know what? We can go there just a little <laughs> bit, but, but okay. here's the thing, too. Um, Melchizedek is mentioned at the end of chapter 5, or mm -hmm. I'm sorry, in the middle of chapter 5. Sure. But Melchizedek is really dug into in chapter 7. Okay. Are so, we going to um, go there on a Sunday morning in chapter 7? kind of, sort of. Okay. Melchizedek is going to come back to us. Okay. So I'll just say this, that, that Melchizedek is is meant to be this figure. We first, if people don't know about mm -hmm. Melchizedek, and they don't, they're, go back and read Genesis. Yep. We meet Melchizedek uh, when Abraham is still Abram, um, and Melchizedek is priest, but he's the king of, of Salem, mm -hmm. and, and Abram comes across him, and automatically, Abram, who is God's chosen, he is the hero of the story that we're reading, um, and he stops and he pays honor to Melchizedek, and he gives a tithe of everything that God has given him to Melchizedek, mm -hmm. and so... From that context, Melchizedek, who has no heritage, we have no idea who he is, except yeah, that's we just come out, but that's on purpose. Okay. Right? That's I think that's what confuses me, because I need to know Yeah, things. that's on purpose, <laughs> and, it, and you're going to see that come to fruition when the author says, yeah, that was Melchizedek, right? He wasn't mm -hmm. a Levite. He wasn't of this priestly line. He wasn't in right. this man-made, uh, not man-made, but, but wasn't in this old Mosaic covenant or Abrahamic covenant, you know, that was, that was you know, through men. Mm -hmm. He was something different. He was of a different quality. Right? And in the same way, look at Jesus. Right. He doesn't have a heritage. Right. He's not a Levite. Right? Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't come from your priestly line. Right. He's something altogether of a different quality. Mm -hmm. um, and so he is in the order of Melchizedek, mm -hmm. you know, that Abraham just inherently knew, I'm giving him honor and glory out of respect to God. Now we see Jesus who's in this vein. Um, mm -hmm. And so we'll get to there when we get to seven. Okay. So, so we are going to deal with that a little Good. bit, maybe not as much as you would like, <laughs> but it'll maybe bring up new questions that we can talk yeah. about in our next podcast. <laughs> I'm sure it will. So, but it, it is, it is really interesting, but go back. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. in Genesis that you read about Melchizedek right. and it's quick. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. just like half of one chapter in Genesis. Mm -hmm. um, and then never thought of again until the right. author of Hebrews starts to pull this back in. And I don't feel like in the Genesis study we're doing, like I don't feel like we spent a lot of time on it. Mm -mm. And maybe I need to just go back and, and read or listen or something too. But So it's just something because he's because it's always in comparison with Jesus. Yep. And so like I feel like that's important. <laughs> so I want to yeah. understand it better. Yeah, I think um. so, so in the simplest of terms, the idea of Melchizedek is just for us to understand. In the simplest, there's a lot of rich things to dig into, but it's just this idea that Jesus is of an altogether different quality and type of high priest right. than the earthly line of high priests from the tribe of Levi. Yep. They're different. Okay. Um, and, and Jesus is different. So, I mean, that's in our simplest way, that's sure. how we can grasp it, but there's more to dig into. Okay. 
Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Um, David, you are like looking hard into your Bible right now. Do you have any uh, final thoughts that you'd like to share? Uh, I honestly I don't. I was just going back and looking stuff up in, in Genesis. In Genesis. So was that right? Is he the king of Salem? <laughs> well, yes. It says that in Hebrews too. Yes. So <laughs> good job. I couldn't uh, remember what it, it was. <laughs> if anybody is interested, it's actually uh, found in uh, Genesis 14, is where it is. Um, I, d- I just find it interesting. I'm not trying to say that this is a complete tie-in, um, but it's, it's intriguing that um, it says when he came out to Abraham, if he's a symbol of Christ, you know, as a symbol of Christ, it says that he came out, he brought bread and wine, which when I first read that, it's like, okay, there's kind of this communion It's the start of a party. Yeah. You know, so, so you have this communion reference there um, of, of the bread and the wine. Of all that. And, and then just one of the things he blesses Abraham with is he says, and blessed be the God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. And so when I read that, you know, it's just kind of this idea of um, while we're the benefactors of the gospel, um, we aren't the, this is going to sound weird. And, and if it comes across wrong and somebody wants to ask me what I mean by this, hopefully I can explain this well um, in this short time. But while we are the benefactors of the gospel, I don't believe that we're the focal point of the gospel. Meaning, the focal point of the gospel is God and Christ and defeating mm-hmm. his enemies and, and wiping out unholiness. That's the, we're the benefactors of it, right? So right. it's like, you know, this idea of him saying, blessed be Abraham, who God wiped out your enemies. You know, it, it wasn't this idea of, um, Abraham, you're the focal point here. The focal point is, like, I, I dominated. <laughs> like, God just wiped us out. So I think that's important for us because there's a danger that I just feel like we need to and realize is while I'm, I'm grace and I'm a benefactor and I'm going to soak up all that I can, I'm, I'm not the focal point of the gospel. Jesus always is. And when mm. we start thinking we are, that's, that's when we fall into the making it about us yep. and making it about my preference. And so just that's what was going through my head as I was just kind of reading that in Genesis. Yeah, that's so. good. Yeah. That's good. Um, Shauna, Matt, you guys have any final thoughts, questions, concerns? <laughs> no, good stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good. I, I appreciate you're going back and looking at that. Yeah, uh, Genesis 14, and it is early on, right? Like that. This is a. Yeah. What I what I love is is I see. I said no, and now I'm going to give you one. <laughs> um, see, I knew I knew there was something right, more you're there. Like, you're like, um, and, and last thing I'm going to say on a Sunday morning is the praise <laughs> team comes up and stands for 15 minutes while we get ready. Um, but. <laughs> I'm working on that. Uh, but but here, here's the thing, right? It goes to show you that God is active in the Old Testament, right? We always mm. have this idea of like, like, well, God's, it, it's, we talked about this, I think, with the political series maybe, but, but in other nations that, that God ravages in judgment. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, they mm-hmm. didn't even have a chance. God never talked. God mm-hmm. is active in the world, mm-hmm. not just in this story of Israel that we're reading. Right. Um, and so we see the call of Abram, and we're tracking through Abram, but then all of a sudden we get to this guy who is just almost a footnote in Genesis 14, doesn't even show up till the last third of the chapter, mm-hmm. and just like, then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, who was a priest yeah. of God Most High, comes out, right. and it's like, so all of a sudden, God is, has a presence in this land yeah. through this priest that God's chosen pays respect and tribute to as, as a priest of God. Like, he is active mm-hmm. everywhere. We have the story that God wants us to have of the yeah. redemption of all people, and, and it's tracked through mm-hmm. Abram all the way through Israel yeah. um, and, and, and to Christ. But but he was always actively working, like 
everywhere. Like, it's not just what we know, but there is so much. This is, it's like we're going to get to heaven, and it's going to be like volumes and volumes of, like, <laughs> <laughs> the history of the world uh, that we want to know. And, yeah. Um, and we'll have forever to read them. So. Yeah. I, I just got to challenge that. You're going to get the audio book? It is. No, it's going to be the DVD room. The DVD <laughs> room. <laughs> That's like... You're gonna, and some poor guy's gonna be like, I want to watch the history of the world, and they're gonna get that stupid Monty Python or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just saying, it's gonna be the movie room. Oh my All gosh, right. that's funny. anyway. End us now, quick. Yeah. So um, this week we are reading in our reading plan Hebrews six and seven. Am I correct in that? Uh, that sound correct? I'm looking yes. at the okay. Yes. All right. So I am, and David, you're preaching this Sunday. So right. So I'm looking forward to that, and I think we'll have a lot of good stuff (laughs) to continue learning, Um, but we we hope you guys are tracking with us and um, following that reading plan, and then just again, I I can't stress enough, if you have questions while you're reading, jot those down and uh, and let us know, because we'd love to answer them uh, during this time. So, all right, thanks for listening.